just to give everybody a little heads up, we'll do intros in a minute and so on. We are waiting for uh, Mickey Farrell from Top Floor Tactics to jump in. He's our uh, AV challenged uh, friend in this group. Um, I hope everybody has uh, a cocktail. If you're working tonight, be safe. And uh, thanks for checking in and, and watching. This means the world. Um, you know, pretty cool stuff. What, uh, what we were able to do um, is uh, Darren from Firefighter Proving Grounds, which is on with us tonight. Was up oh, mixed back in. Let's get them. Uh, let's get them back in the group here real quick. Let's see what happens. Oh. got a name. Oh. We see a name. Oh, <laughs> hey. Hey. And he's muted. And he's better up, blacked out. <laughs> he's good. Can you fucking hear me? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, I'm gonna keep going. Darren from uh, Firefighter Proving Grounds, which has a fantastic uh, Instagram page, YouTube page, website, uh, and so on. Darren, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, Mickey reached out to me last week and said that you guys were interested in doing a little roundtable, and uh, he gave me some photos, and we started uh, – oh, there he is. There's Mickey. Can you hear me, bro? I'm just talking about you. I don't know if he can hear me. Not yet. Nope. <laughs> uh, come on, get those things out of your ears. I hear shit. Oh, we could hear you. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, Mickey sent me the photos last week. We started spitballing some ideas on on how we wanted to edit it, um, where we want fire to be, uh, where we can kind of like orchestrate the drill in the direction we want to go. But the real pro about having these types of uh, you know resources available is. Any department, any company can make it work for them using their SOPs and they can bring it any direction they want. They could talk about as far as their engine placement, their ladder placement. They could talk about uh, how their chief officer would handle it, or they actually just go just positional based. Like if you just want to do a quick, simple drill with a guy in the firehouse and say, hey, listen, you got the roof tonight. Uh, where, which roof would you go to on this building? How would you get there? Uh, or if, hey, you have the OV today, what's the important things you need to see in the rear? I, I know that we're going to get into this tonight, but that's the whole concept behind these, uh, these moving images is to take a, snap, a snapshot in time and let us drill on it. Uh, I remember when I first started doing all this, uh, actually when we first started like training, we used to watch videos, and you guys all did this too. We would go watch a video and you would hit pause just to find that one second or 10 seconds that you wanted to talk about. Now I try to capture that in a still frame, but just moving smoke and try to work it from there. Yeah, I love it, brother. And, and these slides are fantastic because, you know, we all know, um, we all know in the fire service that people love to critique fires. And um, when you try to do something like this to be constructive and try to put out a, a good spin to it and talk tactics, you don't want that to be overshadowed by something that is happening in real time on a real video that people are going to critique and tear it apart. So having an animation video like this and then being able to take it and do all four sides of the building, I think is just right. fantastic because it really gives you the perspective of being there and being able to walk that building and understand the layout, the construction, the conditions on all four sides and so on. So um, the slides, I'm excited to use it tonight. I thank you for creating them. Um, and, and allowing us to use them. And if anybody needs them, you do have them on YouTube, right? Yeah, so they're, they're on YouTube. They're 100% free. Uh, I, I encourage guys to use them. You can pull the links off and put them into your PowerPoints. Use them in the firehouse for drill. 
by no means did I like recreate the wheel here. There's been software out there for a while. There's been sure. applications out there for a while that do create uh, moving fire and moving smoke. In the past, though, I found when I first saw them, uh, the they were just way too expensive. You needed to have uh, like a training uh, company to own it, or right. you, uh, your fire department had to purchase it. It was going to be really cheap for the end user, which is just the fireman. So um, then also the other thing about them, uh, and I, I don't even know how many are out there. I haven't even used any of them, but I've seen the, the product, the, the end product. The end product is usually just like a blotchy smoke or fire in the location. The good thing about the way we created these slides is that we edit on the building construction to the best of our ability to make it as most realistic as possible. Uh, and we're still learning the tricks on how to edit it better. Like yeah. uh, when we when we talk about it later, and you look at the uh, and we were talking amongst us. If you look at the opposite side or exposure one, uh, I, we left the glass intact, and the way we edited the fire behind the glass is so the glass looks like it's intact. So we're learning as we go, and uh, you know we're going to keep making these. This is the first time we did all four sides of the building. Um, I wanted to yep. give us a lot to talk about. Um, it's something I always wanted to try. I think it, uh, you know, worked out fairly well here. I think it'll only get better from now on, but, um, the game plan for this in the future is to constantly put these out there on social media, put these on YouTube, but keep doing different building types. And, awesome. uh, if yeah, you ever I, need anything, just go on there and, and, and just use it. It's a great opportunity. It's an absolutely great opportunity, um, for training in the firehouse. So good. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Chris, the hook and the can. Say hello. What up, y'all? It's uh, So the other day, we got to play around with this video, actually. It was pretty cool. And every single time, we gave a different scenario. We gave a different, like, uh, strategy, I would say. Is dispatch said potential victims trapped on the front side apartment. Then they also said victims trapped on the back floor department. So with this stuff, it's pretty cool. And the one thing I just want to say for tonight is at least that even though we all come from different departments, you know, a couple uh, big city departments, a couple small city departments, the first do engine, the first like do truck, it doesn't matter where you're from. You still got to do this, those tasks. So it should be, it should be a fun night, man. We're actually yeah, talking I about get... like, we're talking about this. This is pretty much talk like at the kitchen table, you know, that's like, Hey, listen, Listen, kid, this is what we did at this fire, and it's going to be a lesson learned tonight, which I'm, I'm really pumped about tonight. I'm really awesome. excited. Well, thanks for being here. I'm scrolling around my screen looking at who's next. Rob, you're next on my screen, brother. Say hello. What's going on, everybody? Just excited to be here. Fun day at no, work. Stop. Great. Thanks for being here. Nick, top uh, tactic, ta truck tactics on Instagram. Yeah, and uh, putting out a couple conferences, online conferences. How are things going? Yeah, they're going well. Uh, the the webinars have been received pretty good. Um, I capped it at twenty five, and they they both got filled pretty fast. So I'm pretty excited about that. Great. Um, uh, once I get through them, I'm looking to do a couple more uh, down the line, and uh, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm really excited about this. I think the fun thing about this is we can burn this place down fifty times and do it different fifty different times, and and really kind of get a feel. And that's the good thing about these, you know, take it to your department and you can really mess around and find out what really works best based on not only your, your, um, your resources, but your mindset, you know? And so I think we're going to see a lot of that tonight and it's going to be a lot of fun. Good. I love it, brother. Thanks for being here. 
Mr. Paglione, Boogie Down Truck, how are you, man? I'm doing well. You know, this uh, bougie hotel down here in the Fidei District. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Daryl knocked it out of the park. I remember playing that Atari Fire game, and that had nothing on this guy. He just did an awesome job of building. Really looking forward to uh, the discussion and how uh, we would all treat the uh, building, I'm sure, which will be slightly different and uh, just kind of learning off each other. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time. Mick, thanks for joining us for the third time tonight. Appreciate it. Man, I'm not good with this computer stuff. I'm learning. <laughs> uh, so I've been working with Darren for uh, a few months now with these um, with these videos he's doing. It. And it's great because you can really bring that hometown feel to any fire. So you can take any building in your neighborhood, give it to Darren, he can, and he'll present any fire you want. So uh, was doing fireman walks in the bar with Brian Butler and we were going all over and I would write, I would literally go to the, um, the real estate listings, pull up buildings, take pictures, send them Darren, Darren puts them on fire. I roll into Pittsburgh and Hey, here's your building. It's on fire. It's main street, Pittsburgh, whatever. And from Connecticut to, uh, to wherever we were. So it's a pretty cool thing he's doing. Um, and looking forward to tonight. It should be a good time doing this. Yeah, I make 100%. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm a creature of driving around my district all the time and just looking at the new construction and looking at the existing buildings and things that are changing and so on. And then, you know, of course, companies that do building inspections and things like that, too. I mean, this is, this is just an incredible tool that, you know, you can go through your district and then be able to, um, you know, find buildings and then be able to size them up like this uh, around the kitchen table. Um, like, you know, Nick said, you can burn them down 50 times, but each time it's a different tactic and a different way to figure it out. So, I just think, um, I think this is fun and I'm looking forward to it tonight. Um, the whole intent of this was, was to get the photos and the uh, quick video clips out um, for a couple days. So people, if they were interested, had the ability to look at them, size them up. They're still online. You can go to our social media right now and find them to look at them. As we scroll through tonight, what we found with Zoom is I can't have everybody's face on the screen at the same time as the shared screen, which is the video. So we're gonna run the video. Whoever's talking at the time, screen will pop up. They'll be the one that's populating the talk screen. And then if we get into a larger discussion between different guys, I'll bring it back to the panel, look like it is right now. Uh, and then I'll be flipping back and forth. We have the ability to loop this and we have the ability to see all four sides. Uh, where I'd like to go with this, cause we're uh, about 15 minutes in and I know guys wanna start hearing some stuff. So let's start chatting. A um, Couple things that I just wanna throw out across the board to everybody watching tonight. Um, one, water supply is not an issue. We're considering it has a domestic water system uh, within 100 feet of the building. So for engine company operations, we're not gonna lose water, we're not gonna run out of water, okay? As we all know, when you do training and planning and things like this, everybody likes to throw that kink or oddball in. This is, we're trying to make this as bread and butter as possible. No water supply issues, we have a domestic system. Time of the day, it's a weekday. It's a mixed occupancy, so it's a weekday. So the store is either open or it's closed and not not populated, but it's a weekday, uh, normal business hours during the day. You got bright blue, bright, wow, bright blue skies and like 65 degrees. So what I don't want to do is take any of the environment and throw, it, throw a curveball in. What I want to do is really just size up this building and size up the conditions and then talk about strategy and tactics as how we're going to fight this fire and perform the tasks that need to be done. So what I'm going to do is we're going to scroll out. I'm going to bring up the slide now. And uh, when I bring up the, the video, right? So we're gonna scroll back to the A side here and <clears throat> we're just gonna play. So 
right now you look at the you look at the size up. The reason why this building was picked when we talked about this, just a little backstory with Mick and then Darren and so on, was we wanted something that represents anybody that's watching tonight. So this is Main Street USA. Typically everybody has a storefront with either a residence, residence or another commercial above. Okay, so this is representative of most communities of everybody watching tonight. So everybody has an understanding and feeling. You could probably picture your, a building in your own district that is very representative of what we're showing here tonight. Um, as you look real quick on the A side, I'm gonna pause the video for a minute. Um, as you look on the A side real quick, you have an involved fire in the storefront on the uh, A side towards the D wall, okay? What we did tonight was we discussed the building was gonna be Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta. I know not everybody operates that way. The FDNY is a one through four, and et cetera, et cetera. Tonight, for purposes, we're gonna go A through D on the, uh, on the sides, on the exposures, if you will, okay? Um, we do have the YouTube chat going. So if you guys have any questions as we go, feel free to bang them in. Uh, Rob's checking it. I'll be checking it periodically. So if we can find some questions in there that, uh, that fit in and, and we're going to answer, we'll hop on them. Feel free to uh, throw them out there. So where I'd like to go with this right now, guys, is uh, we have the building in front of us. Uh, we'll start the video over again. Um, here we are. It looks like we have an involved fire on the interior. It looks like the building's secure at this time. Um, I love for one of you guys to start giving me some rundowns and maybe we start talking about size up. Let's talk about size up of this building. All right, I'll jump in there if no one else is. Yeah, All please, right. Mick. Go ahead, man. Start the conversation. You beat me. <laughs> Something I like to take note of always when you're dealing with a mixed occupancy or a taxpayer is taking a, a shot at the, um, the sidewalk, any dual code doors. That's going to dictate if they building is built on a slab or if it's built a partial basement or a full basement and smoke showing from those build doors. So that's something unarrival of anything that's commercial. You really want to tune into is that is those build code doors. That's it. Someone else jump in. It just first thing that popped out to me when I'm looking at the building. Yeah, Mick, this is probably, you know, I, I love that we picked something uh, Main Street USA and this is a building that we're probably very familiar with uh, and something that we've, I'm sure we've driven by and hopefully have drilled on, gotten out and actually are familiar with the building and how it's set up. Because pulling up in front, you would not necessarily know how it looks behind, looking as you come around to the, the B side uh, compared to the D side and the C side. So it's important to actually get out, get in there and, and kind of pre-pan these buildings and have an idea and start to talk about scenarios. Uh, you know, if, what if we had a fire in the uh, store to the left? What if we had a uh, fire in the store to the, on the right side? and kind of uh, talk about these things before they happen. So, yeah, uh, Jeremy, if you can go back to the alpha side real quick. So upon arrival, without anything, if we didn't pre-plan this building, we still don't know if we have uh, residential above or if we have offices above. You know, uh, different areas, different cities, different places will, will experience different things, but uh, from where I am from in Queens, we could see both residential and or offices up there. So right from the start, we don't see any type of advertisement above those windows. You don't see that. So that could be a telltale sign that maybe it's not um, uh, office space, but we, don't, we just don't know yet. And I think as we start to look around this building or we start getting reports from the rear or the sides, it's gonna really tip us off on what type of occupancy is up there, whether it's gonna be residential or if it's gonna be offices what i'm doing if i'm doing my size up when i get off the rig 
what I'm looking at is if you're looking at the alpha side, you see the brick veneer right now, and you see that little like specialty brick sticking out. To me, looking at that in my city where I'm at, that tells me that that's a common cockloft for, for me. And every different department is going to be a little bit different. The other thing I'm looking at is the roll down gates. I see that they're up so clearly that they're occupied right now. There's going to be somebody inside of it, as well as that tells me potentially there's a steel lentil going across. <clears throat> as I'm going, like I'm thinking about OV right now because that's what I've been in for the last like, year. I'm going around, but as soon as I'm walking up, I'm seeing that there's fire blowing out. And it looks like at least this fire, it's, it's coming from the bottom, moving up to the top. So that's my first initial response. And I also see the power lines coming in on the Alpha Delta point. You know, um, a couple things too, if we kind of back it up just a bit, you know, your size it begins at dispatch. I mean, there's other times too, obviously, if, you, if you're going into work or if you know you're gonna respond as a volunteer that night or whatever. But so if this comes in at 123 Main Street instead of um, 123 Bayberry Lane, and I use that one all the time, but there's a distinct difference. So immediately you should start getting that picture painted in your head of, of what you could be going to. And then hopefully you are familiar somewhat with uh, what's in your town. The other thing too is if, unless this is in a, in a whole row and you can't see the sides, um, hopefully you're gonna see at least two sides on arrival. And then getting back to what Darren said, that's a good way to work on that tell to find out what is upstairs on that second floor. Um, in Absolutely. the very beginning, Absolutely, and Nick, one, one thing with that, you got the satellite dishes and the mailboxes on that D side, and that's indicative to me that there's going to be residents above over uh, commercial. Right, yeah. And I'm uh, sorry, the mailboxes are in the rear. On the mailbox in the rear. You got the, uh, I'm sorry, you got the no, satellite dishes on the D side. Right. Yeah, and so these are like little subtle signs that are starting to lead us in direction that – that's potentially residential above. And that could really start dictating some of our tactics uh, right off the bat on how aggressive we're gonna wanna be, especially with our second due truck company and, uh, and members who can, you know, VES or VEIS, depending on how you call it, uh, getting to that second floor. Uh, but we definitely wanna look for these little telltale signs to try to see when, when it comes to a mixed occupancy, you know, we, we're not gonna write it off if it is office space. But it's also going to change our tactics as far as which windows we're going to want to hit first and try to begin those searches. But back to the alpha side again there, Jeremy. As we're coming up to this and we're looking at it, we could actually see visible fire through that front there and the glass is still intact. Looks like it could potentially be towards the rear star. It's definitely against that, that D wall or the exposure four wall. Um, as an officer, as if I'm a chief officer, if I'm the truck officer, I'm waiting and I, I can see columns of smoke coming up over the front of the building. So I know I got something already showing itself in the rear or potentially at the roof level. So two key transmissions that I'm going to be waiting for uh, and I'm going to be listening to and every member on scene should be listening to. The engine guys coming off the rig should be listening to it. The chief pulling on the block should be listening to it. Both officers is eventually when the roof guy gets to the roof and gives his report and that OV or whoever does the 316-year department gets to that rear and gives their report. There's some critical information that we're waiting on that we need, and that's going to help dictate a lot of the next, you know, five to 10 minutes of this operation, and which could really potentially uh, help us in the long run, but also potentially save lives. So, yeah, I, mean, so I, I, I just look at this, right? I mean, I, I keep looping it, right? And, you know, you look at this, you can't ask for something 
you know, it's, it's got its, it's got its issues, but the one thing I love is zero exposure problems, easy access to all four sides, right? So it's surrounded by asphalt. It doesn't right, get, right. it doesn't get much better than that in a tactical point of view where we can put all of our attention into the one building. Oh yeah. And also you look at that. I mean, you have no cars parked in front, which is obviously very odd for that time of day. Um, again, it's a, for a chauffeur setting up or a driver operator setting up, it's a home run. You don't have to worry about lines getting caught up as well uh, under tires, anything of that nature. You're just able to get a clean stretch. You don't have to worry about uh, setting up your tormentors or your jacks for air apparatus. Can we go? Can we go back to the rear side real fast? Of course. And just like and just freeze it on the rear. So, with with this, I, I would love to hear how everybody gives their. I think everybody here has been on truck company or like command and giving their size up in the rear and everything else. So. I, I've heard a lot of people say, like, what is your size up in the rear, and what would you actually go about it? So, number one, that w that fire blowing out there, we're saying that that's a, a door leading down, correct? We all agree to that? Yeah, That's well, a door that goes to the rear of the uh, the store. But when you enter that door, it, it's, it's terrible running to the basement as well, I believe, right behind that fire. Yeah, okay. so as far as that, that rear door goes, um, like just how Mickey said, that's going to open up to the first floor. The stairwell is either going to be along that, we'll call it the, the D wall, or, or right in front of it. You know, it's going to be really close proximity to that door. So, Chris, to answer you your the question. the positioning of that door, that door sits lower than the door up on the stoop, right? So you, that's indicative that that door is going to go downward. It's not going to go straight in, right? I would think it's going to go downward because it almost looks like it's below grade. If you look yeah. at the door to your, to your right, I, yeah, that's the same level as the door on the left. So when you enter that, I'm assuming that you're going to enter to a common level and then have probably four or five feet and then maybe stairs running down. I'm the same as Mick. You're not gonna, you know, there's a window right there. You're not gonna have stairs that are off to the to the left side or close Good. to the D wall. Good. They're gonna be just inside um, that door, and then they'd be running down. But that's gonna open up to your uh, commercial occupancy on that. Can I just say something real quick before we move on. Yeah. I just want to back up to Darren and then tie that in with what Chris said. Was you see this fire from probably the firehouse. You pull out and you see a column of smoke coming over from wherever this fire is. You know you got a good job going to work. You're coming down the block and then you realize when you turn the corner, there's no smoke in the street and the windows are intact. So a fire like this takes, takes tremendous patience as it, on the most professional level to stand by with the line on the back step don't stretch anywhere until you get that OV to the rear or whoever it is in your department making that, that size up in the rear because it's really going to drastically dictate maybe what way a line's going to go or where that first move is going to be. Um, where a lot of times it is through the front door and I'm, and I'm a big component. Like I love the, through the front door with the line always. But something like this, maybe it's going to be a different game. You know what I mean? So um, well, well, just to speak to that. I don't know why my sound's so bad there. Um, to speak to that, you know, on a, a, a shorter staff department where say you get that first engine and then um, the truck is a minute or two out and there's three people on that first engine, that officer, when he says to his nozzle person, hey, just wait here a second, and then they run to the back, 
man, that's like a come to Jesus moment because you're saying as that person, you're saying to yourself, I basically I have two fronts of fire and which one do I want to pick? And I know I'm supposed to go in the front door, but I have fire actually presenting from the rear and I don't have a forcible entry team yet, or I could do it myself, but it's delayed. So that really does bring up a conversation for a shorter staff fire department. You go to the front and, and wait or try to force it yourself, or if it's open, then go in, or do you go to the rear? And so I, I think really the tone is set almost from the start based on that decision. I'm with, going with to this the rear. One, with, I'm sorry, with this one, with the rear, my biggest concern right now with the storefront, so one with the storefront, most of the time if there is fire going on, people are going to realize that they're going to evac. They're going to be able to physically get out where the people in the apartment, they may not, they may not be able to. So if the rear, like you're saying right now, Cap, is the fact that you go to the rear and you see that fire blown out, my biggest concern, if you go back to the rear real fast, uh, Jeremy, to the Charlie side, I'm not necessarily concerned about that. Like, yeah, of course, we want to knock the fire out and you know, eliminate the fire, eliminate the problem. But I'm more concerned about those people upstairs right now. So if I see that fire, yeah, it's, shit, it's, it's, it's a closed stairway, though. That's a closed stairway. That's a straight run up. So to me, I'm not overly concerned about that. I would take that. What type, what, type of, oh, what type of construction is it, though? I'm, that, exactly. And that's what we and have. That's, to and that's and my thing. Are those, stairs, so are, those stairs, are those stairs enclosed or are those stairs open? We don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with the fact that those stairs are going to be enclosed because they're running above a store. So yeah, I'm going with the fact that that's most likely exactly how that's how I'm it. looking at the case. I agree with you that there is going to be there's obviously you got what appears to me to at least have uh, the potential for firing a cockroach the way that that smoke's pumping out of those vents, yep. which is something we'll jump into. But Looking at that, I would take that, you know, to me, that's that first line through the door, start knocking down that store. And again, through a pre-plan or an idea, you would hopefully know that there is a basement because it's, this is not a, a very deep store. And, uh, you know, we, let's talk about uh, something that I would like to bring up about line selection for this. Is this that inch and three quarter line off or because of the amount of fire do you have after you go around the back, you're pulling that two and a half and going through the front door. You're, you know, you're going to be able to reach you know, use the reach of the stream to, to hit the back of that store only going in a few feet. You know, Matt, I would, you know, I, as I said before, I'm, I'm always a component of the front door, you know, and mainly because that's protect those interior stairs. Here we're not dealing with an interior stairwell. Um, as far as basement fires or cellar fires or whatever you want to call it, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed as an OV if this was tomorrow for me and I, and I pull up and I see this, to make that not a command decision, but to make that decision, to kind of give a heads up to the engine, hey, you might want to stretch to the rear or take a look, hold off, see what we got. Like, Because getting that two and a half, you can tell by the amount of fire in the rear of this building that the stairs are a rear to front run, which means you have to go in, turn, come down the stairs, and then cover the whole basement. So. You got that whole parking lot on in the rear that you could actually stretch as much line as you need to get it down there. Definitely stretch a line to the front door as well, but that's where you have to watch opposing hand lines. So, um, but if you stretch, okay, so if you stretch to the front, if you stretch to the front, clearly we're looking at this right now. We have a video of the side of the Delta side. We have heavy fire showing out the Delta rear. We all know, you know, you can't push fire, but you can push particles of combustion and flow. You can push smoke particles and everything else. So where is that entry point for the apartments above? I'm going to say it's the Delta side. So if I go through the rear and I start pushing it back, 
who knows if there's already a chase, if there's already a channel that it's, it's running, all it's going to do is it's going to push all that fire, all that void and everything else right up to the cop walk. And we're losing that whole top floor. Then. That, that, that would be my biggest concern with pushing through the front in, in this situation. If I mean, I'm able to get to the rear. Honestly, with this fire, I think it's, I don't think there's a right or wrong with that. I think there's pros and cons to each, but whatever you may choose, everyone across the board has got to be on the same page. Because then you're getting into opposing hand lines and then you're getting into a really bad situation. If you dictate to move that line from the front door to the rear, it's got to come from someone who knows what they're fucking talking about and get make that decision. But it's got to be across the board. You can't... So, and Nick, this may be one of those situations... Half, half the companies do one thing and half the companies doing the other one. Nick, if... If we have, you know, if it is a situation where fire started in the basement, which when you get to the rear, that's by all appearances what it seems. You know, you get inside that front door, knock it down. It would probably be about 30 seconds of flow in there to knock that fire down. It's extension. You got a little bit going. The majority of your fire is in the rear. So knock that down. Then I would, you know, second line commitment around the back. That would probably be the best move. Let me let me just throw this out there. We're, we're, bouncing, we're bouncing all over, right? So – what we want to do, we talked about size up in the building. We talked about, um, you know, operationally, uh, the exposure is this X, Y, and Z, right? Let's talk about, you talked about line selection, talking about placement of that line, right? The conditions of the building. I mean, if I'm looking now at the Bravo section, Bravo side, that number two floor is getting real snotty and ready to light off, right? I mean, we're talking good amount of fire plugging away in the rear, right? Typically, in reality, right, that first new engine company is going to pull past right? Pull off the rear typically. Typically on a commercial building, they're stretching a two and a half, right? So I would think that probably eight out of 10 departments is going right through that front door. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I think Matt kind of hit it on the head. Um, and so did you. We would, most departments would be stretching a two and a half through that front door. Um, and then you cut to, you know, Mickey's point, you know, in a, in a perfect world and now us looking at it and us kind of like, what, what would be the perfect play? You know, uh, I could see them a, a great play if you have the manpower to stretch that line at the rear, knock it down from the rear, and now you're not crawling over that whole first floor and then bringing the line back all the way back again from the rear to the front, um, you know. But in reality, eight, nine out of ten times, that, that two and a half is going to go through the front door. And how Matt said is, uh, in reality, is like, all right, we knocked the fire down the first floor. We got, you know, uh, we got a fire in the cellar. We're fire in the basement. We're going to continue to bring that line. If they have some type of stretching issue, usually another line will get it, and it could be that line from the rear, you know. And we didn't even get into as far as um, – I think we should just get into right now uh, first line, second line placement, yeah. Yeah. where they so, should go, and then where we'd be stretching the third line. So, and you just you just made a great point. I mean, getting that, getting a two and a half through a store like that, convenience store, you got to have pretty decent stock. It's going to be tough to maneuver it around and then get it in placement. So I think if you could try to hold, hold it, and then get a line around to the rear. Might would would be your best option, especially after somebody gets around and does that 360. Um, I think you're going to find a second line is going to be stretched to the rear. That first. Jer Jer All right. So can you can you freeze it on the on the alpha side real fast? I'm going to talk about this. So you guys are talking about bringing it up to the front. So I just want to make sure, Darren, with these windows right now, these windows are all intact, correct? Correct. All right. So 
if I went up to here and I took the rear window, yes, the, the rear window is already vented. But if I take the front window, I'm introducing a lot more oxygen. Correct. So now by looking at this photo, again, it's a photo it, we can never change about anything else. My biggest concern right mm -hmm. now with, the, with this biggest thing is always number one is life. Now, if I have no potential understanding if there's anybody upstairs, whether there is or not, I can look through this glass window. It's a big bay window. I can see right through it. I can do a quick scan of it. Me, I'm pretty sure my department might be is like, like Mickey said on top from top floor is the first line. We have to wait till at least we see what the rear is. I would not like to stretch my first line to the front side of the structure. God forbid if I go to the rear and then I see that's the access point up to the top floor apartments. That that's that's my biggest concern with this. So like, what what right, do you right. think with that? Well, no, and, and that's you got you got to also remember. Think about this. Think about there's a lot of departments out there who they only have one engine and their second new engine or second new trucks freaking ten to fifteen minutes fucking out. Right. That's and, the and thing that, you got to remember. That's what us here knowing what the rear looks like. In reality, we're going to be pulling up to this, and we got to use our imagination a little bit. I'm going to pull up, and we're going to start stretching. Even though we see a column in the rear, we don't know what that is yet. We don't know if that's from a roof level. We don't know if that's from a window. We don't know if that's from a door. Is there doors in there? We don't know any of this yet. So we're going to be stretching towards that front door. The first line's most likely, one. I can't say 100% of the time, but most times is going to be committed to that front door. And then it, it goes to, and I understand your point as far as taking the glass, one to take the glass. This type of fire is, has to be coordinated. The first two truck, and the first two engine, even when we see this, like a nice little Hollywood fire, we see it through the glass, wait for that line to be stretched, wait for that line to be charged, and then we go in like gentlemen. And just as, as Pag said it, Matt said it, as soon as we open that line in that front door, we're going to hit the rear of the store and knock most of this down. All this is going to be down. And then my concern, like now that we do know that that stair is there in the rear, hopefully by now we got that report from the rear that, oh, we have access to the second floor on the uh, on the uh, Charlie Delta side or the three, four corner of the building. Um, now we can start thinking about, okay, where are those other lines going to be going? The, the second line that's already being stretched to back us up, can, can they go to the rear? Should they go and, and maybe stretch an inch and three quarter? You know, um, I know the first line, we always say we want that second line to, you know, uh, either equal or be greater than in size. But if, when it comes down to maneuverability, and we stretch, like, listen, if tomorrow morning, if I had this job, I'm stretching a two and a half, and I'm going to go to that front door, and we're going to knock that fire down. Um, if we're going to reposition another line, and it's going to go to that second floor or possibly some else, just for the maneuverability reasons, um, we're going to have a stretch inch and three quarter. We could always back it up. We could always flop those lines. And if that line does come through, as long as everything's coordinated and guys are communicating, we can definitely uh, utilize that inch and three quarter. Yeah, I think the I think the point taken here, right, is that, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, right, there's different ways. And I think a lot of times blinders are put on that we typically always go through the front door. I mean, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. What I'm saying is the importance of the 360 and the importance of being able to get out and walk the building. If you don't have a chief officer on scene, the next best thing is that company officer. And, of course, it comes down to staffing, and, of course, it comes down to a thousand different things. Problem is a lot of times we get blinded, right? We see fire through the storefront. The storefront's locked up. What are we doing? The engine company before the truck, if the engine's there before the truck, they're taking that front door glass and they're pushing a line through, right? 
Now, the, the size up and arrear is absolutely critical. I agree 100%. I think we nailed the fact that the potential of putting that large bore line through the front door exists, right? So now let's start talking about some special ops stuff and, and support functions of that primary line. Nick, you've been a little quiet, man. Hop in for me. And Mickey also, man. Hop in on the support stuff. Like, let's talk about, um, you know, you guys are big truck guys. Let's talk about the truck work here at this fire. Well, um, if, if we're going through the front door and the front door is unlocked, then that's, that's not going to be a problem. We are going to certainly try to do a search in here. Um, but the reality is that uh, going right along with what's been said, we have to get to the rear. Um, typically, you know, the tough thing is if we do back up though, and, and that first engine goes back there, like I said, I think it's, it's a little more complex than just going in the front door on a smaller department. But either way, um, now if, if I'm on first through truck, the beauty of this building is when you see it on that B side, um, I can do almost everything I want to do, even if I'm by myself with one straight ladder because I can get up to that first uh, roof level, grab my, the, the straight ladder that I just pulled, and if I wanted to go to the second, I could go up there, uh, do a double hop. Um, obviously, life safety is a priority, so we're certainly going to have to, um, you know, get that back door open and, and get access to that upper floor. And yeah, Nick, Nick I, I definitely agree with you. You know, again, this is like a bodega right here. It's the middle of the day. I'm assuming that this store is open. Hey, you know, now that we get, you know, we got to the rear, they had fire in the basement. They'd run out of the store. Store's open. I, I would even think that I would just be okay. You know, engine, they located the fire. You can see exactly where the fire is. Engine stretches into the front. You know, not everybody has the manpower that we do uh, in the city. You know, take that truck company and get around to the rear, get one guy to the roof, get the, uh, get the uh, truck above and start searching, try to confine that or confine a fire to the basement if possible. But definitely, you got to get above and start searching and, and start to get up to that roof, either via a double hop or uh, stick up to the, uh, to the roof and get an inspection cut going ASAP. So with, with the front, can you go back to Alpha side real fast? Can you go back to Alpha, Jeremy? So in the front, we're saying this is a basement fire, correct? Now, if this is a basement fire, this is me. If this is a basement fire, and if I had a size up from the rear with the Charlie side, my department, we would probably not stretch in on the front side because one, we all know this type of construction, right? Type three. So how, how is this built? Most likely this turn of century, it's got a brick veneer and everything else. And then it's got wood joists, wood frame. So if fire is blowing through the basement right now, that's going into the structure. If I step onto that floor in any which way, there's potential for collapse into the basement. So that, that's my, that's my, ordeal by seeing this knowing this type of construction and saying that it's a basement fire or we're at we have a lot of trap doors as soon as you walk in the only way in again the basements in this my in my front street here is you literally have to go in probably about 20 feet make a hard left and then there's a trap door that leads down into the basement it's a windowless basement with just uh, with a fire alarm system some of them have them some of them don't so to stretch in on this my biggest concern with this would be is the life on the second floor and that's why for this, like you guys were all saying, you know, wait, take your time, see what's going on, have the, have the engine company potentially go to the front door, start flowing into the basement. But once I find out there's a door in the rear, guess what? I'm going up those. Jeremy, you want to talk some truck stuff. Go to exposure two if you're where it be. I'm sorry. Um, this is something here with an understaffed department, especially. I'm not sure if you even have an OV or a roof guy or if they're one the same, 
but it's something where you have to communicate together and you can kill a lot of birds with one stone here. So you roll up, you call it, I call it up and up. What was Nick, you were calling it something else for put the portable up? Just so people well, understand what this is. What is it? A double hop. I know double hop. I call it up and up. So. It double hop. But I yeah, call it leapfrogging. So what people just out there listening and watching, what it is is if you take a portable ladder or ground ladder and you put it up to the, the roof line there, the first roof line, and then you pull it up and you throw it up to the second roof line, climb that, and then you get up. So I know they teach you in fire academies, and it's probably instilled into your brain. If you throw a ladder, you leave it. But understand with this, your ladder is your tool to get to your position. So you can actually remove that ladder from that first throw to put it to your second throw. The key here of working with the roof, the OV, or whoever it is, that, that the two truck guys that you're working with, you have a saw, one guy's going to be the OV. See those two windows right there? You have to get in there to hold on for the OV. You get up there, it's a platform to work off of. You're jumping right in there, boom. But before you get up there and before you do the up and up, pull up, get to that first roof. You see the light smoke coming out, give an inspection cut, boom, give that report. It's probably going to be just smoke, no fire. At that point, you can see it's kind of a light smoke, but you never know. Give that report. Give a quick inspection cut. Say there's an air conditioner or compressor midway, not in the rear, because most commercials, that compressor, especially in these bodegas, is in the rear of the building. That's dead center. So that's something you want to know. Give a heads up to the guys operating on the floor below there in the actual storefront. Now, when you get up, up and up, or leapfrog, whatever it is, when you get up to get that hole on the top floor, now you give your inspection cut on the first, put the portable up, getting up again, and now you're going to start cutting that roof. Smoke like that, don't get caught up with inspection holes. You're just cutting. You're just cutting the roof. Don't waste your time with the curve cuts. The curve I think cuts, that's a fantastic point, Nick. I really do. You do your curve cut with that light smoke on that first floor. When you get above there, you're getting right above that room. And when you get up there, you want to cut against the joists, right? So... Get up there, that means your shoulders against the bearing walls, bury the saw, and you do your cut. You're going to cut away from that rear, at least six to eight feet away, because you want to get that room where that smoke is and the hallway where the company is going to be advancing, where those guys are going to be searching. You can tell where that room, right below that cockloft vent, that room, that, that door is closed. You can tell because there's no smoke in there, right? So you get to the heavy smoke to the left, heavy smoke in the cockloft, and that room, no smoke. I guarantee you that that room is closed and there's probably someone sleeping in there. That's a home run. Boom. Take that window, get in there. So as far as the VEIS or waiting for a charged hose line, you see something like that, don't take the window. But if you can shimmy that window up and get in there and do your search, why they're stretching that line and that door's intact, that's a home run. Just don't break the, break the window. So if you have to, you can isolate it and get back out to that flat roof. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for that, man. Because I see so many times people automatically go ahead and take the window completely out. And my biggest thing with that is, yes, we, we you know, in, in fire school, and this is the disconnect we always have. But with this type of window, if you can jimmy it up and if you can just pop the hinges off with the halligan, pop it open, get in there real fast and get back out and close that up, that's that whole flow path and that's that whole freaking isolating the room. There's no reason to take the window out completely. If you can just get in, clear it out real fast, get back out, close that window, guess what? That's just another seal besides the door that you contain that fire by giving it oxygen. Dude, 100% agreement. Thank you for saying that, bro. Thank you so <laughs> much. Awesome, and a lot, of, and really a lot of times, depending on where you are, you're not going to be able to take the window. You know, they talk about hurricane uh, glass yeah. and things of that nature, depending on what part of the country you're in. It's one of those things that's taught in probate school 
or in recruit school, but it's, you know, Mike, you're 100% on that one. And just real quick to touch on something that, that we, I don't think we spoke about. I was kind of tuned out in the beginning, but with everything going on right now with the state we're living in, so a daytime fire a lot of times, you're always aggressive, but you're not that aggressive as a three in the morning when you know people are in there. You know they're in there. They're in there sleeping, guaranteed, right? But today, 10 in the morning equals 3 a.m. right now. Everyone is home. So you always got to push the limits even a little bit harder during the days now because people are home doing stupid shit, sleeping weird hours of the day. This is something obviously we've never seen. People are acting different. They're, they're, they're sleeping different hours. It's, uh, it's, I thought we'd be busier. Honestly, I think we're a little bit slower. I don't know, maybe some other departments across the country would do a little bit more, but I figure everyone home, we'd be doing a little more work. But um, if you do catch some work, just, be, just understand, man, every room's probably going to be occupied. Good point. Very good point. So a couple of things that are happening on the, on the comments real quick, just talk about the cock loft. Um, Nick, you talked about, you know, with a smoke condition like that, I, I appreciate a conversation like that because, you know, when you teach and train and train and train, there's always talking about inspection cuts, inspection cuts, and then make your cut when you determine where you need to make that cut. In this situation, it's, it's you know, rev that saw and let's go. <clears throat> so I appreciate that. Um, talk about closing the window is just like closing the door. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. Um, there's a lot of it. Talk about a parapet. We talk about the size up of the building, right? So we, bu we bounced around about a lot of different things, but I, I like the truck talk right now. Um, I like the fact that we're talking about the, the windows that didn't have anything showing, yet the conditions are tough to the left of it and through the cock loft. Um, let's talk about from the rear, from a perspective of the truck company. I mean, your interior stairs to that second floor apartment is in the rear. So how hard of a push is that going to be? And are you going to have a line with you going up to the floor above? How advanced do you think that fire is from looking at the smoke condition on that second floor? I have to think that fire is pretty advanced even in the second floor. It's getting there. I mean, that thing's ready to – that thing's chugging. With that, with that, honestly, what I would do for uh, me personally, I would throw a ladder onto the roof, and I would go through the roof and DES first. With my department, on, right? how my, how my department operates and how we, we work, the we would have probably our first two engines go to the rear and everything else that that rear door we would force it however we would force it check real fast and then and looking at that rear i would go to the right side that delta charlie corner throw a ladder up there and run those bedrooms exactly where top floor said that would be my first place i would uh ves after that I would potentially maybe even go down the hallway into the hallway because I know where the 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 stairs are. I know how to get down the stairs. So every single situation is a little bit different, but right off the bat, me being OV and by myself with our department, we can't go interior by ourselves, but I can VES by myself. So that's what I would do personally. I would VES all those windows first, then hopefully by then mutual aid companies or something else are coming in and we can actually stretch up the stairs and also go with an attack line. That's my department, how we operate. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and uh, that's all good, and I, I appreciate all of it. You know, I, I think a lot of places, though, um, don't necessarily take VES as um, a first out idea. I think a lot of places are just flat out afraid of it. We've, you know, it's it's been beaten into to people's heads that it's it's dangerous, VEIS, VES, OVEIS, and all this other crazy stuff. So I, I can say for my job, um, 
we're going to split our crews and um, somebody's going in that back door real quick um, to that floor above because again, life safety is a priority. So we're going to force that door. We're going to go in. Obviously the roof crew is going to do everything that you said, Chris. Um, and, and so they're going to be working together um, in concert and then hopefully there's good communication going on. That's going to be efficient. Um, so they can kind of let each other know because once we get into that common uh, hallway on that second floor, then calling it VES, it just means that you went in from a window, but now, you know, if we know we've got a decent hold of that, that hallway, it's okay. I am afraid though, that those stairwells are going to be a heavy exposure and they're going to be compromised pretty quick. So I just want to make sure that I don't have people laying in the stairs or, or, or laid out in the hallway because they took a feed. I, Nick, I, Nick, a hundred percent with that. So I guess the question comes, four-man crew, which we talked about earlier, which is, is your, your first arriving truck uh, complement. You got your chauffeur setting up. You got your, uh, we'll say, your officer and two guys in the back. Officer's going around with one guy to the, to the door, and then the other guy goes to the roof. Or are you using that? Are you splitting those two guys up and one's throwing a portable or a ground ladder to that, to that D side uh, to try to get in one of those windows? I I think a lot of times what you said is 100%. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, uh, you know, everyone's scared or the fear factor of, of VES, uh, even though it has proven uh, successful over and over again. And outside of the one documented case that, that I'm aware of in, in London in the 40s of a Lodi, I don't believe there's actually any others. Right. Yeah, and that's a great point. So honestly, we're going to end up uh, splitting our crews twice. So my outside team would normally be going to the roof I'm going to tell the other guy, my, my truck driver is going to set it up on his own. My, my uh, can guy, hook and can guy, he's going to go to the roof and do VES or, or at least do the recon for the vent. And then I'm going to take the other guy and we're going to go into the rear. Yeah, I tend to, I tend to be 100% on board with that. Good. Yeah, so in the comments here, uh, Joseph uh, Grossi came up with a perfect thing. He, um, he was saying, especially in a department that's manpower limited, um, you know, let the engine handle the search on that first floor as they're stretching in and dedicate your limited manpower trucks going to a potential life on that second floor. I think that's a good point. Love it. Oh, yeah. Especially on a department that's manpower limited. You know, um, those first couple decisions you're going to make, especially if you're low on manpower, you know it's going to take a while for additional manpower to get there. Um, you're going to have to be aggressive if you think there's life on that second floor. So if the engine can stretch to that front door, knock down the fire, and uh, as they're doing that, you know, we made points already that the store was open, people should have been fleeing. So the chances of finding life in that store, we still always check, but it's going to be less compared to that second floor where we already pointed out some things where we have potential rooms with closed doors, smoke's not showing everywhere, um, their potential egress from the second floor might be blocked by smoke or fire. So um, utilizing your manpower, uh, especially your truck companies, where you, where you can, if you only have four members, uh, key points, get the guy on the roof, get the guy to the rear, but then also let's start VES in that second floor. If I could just add one thing, and it's all great. Um, really doubling back to what Mick said about um, that, that size up on that second floor. Um, for a, a smaller department or a lower man department, it can be very overwhelming very fast because you know you got a fire in the front. Even if you don't get a look at the back, you think you have fire in the rear. Clearly with the smoke chugging from all these different spots, um, for somebody that may not have a lot of experience or, or just doesn't really get to do this a lot, 
there is value in slowing down a little bit and really taking that point that Mick said. If you look at that single window on the left, it's, it's chugging. You look at that, those double windows, there's nothing going on there. If you can really slow down for a second or two and think about what that means and not just that you see it, there's a ton of value in that. Agreed. Agreed. Good points. So can I jump in here real quick with the rear? Yeah. Um, so obviously window bars. I saw a lot of the comments earlier throughout the yep. past couple of days. Window bars, window bars, window bars. Listen, window bars, man, where I'm from, you're kind of out of the mix. If, if it's a first floor fire and there's bars and you're riding the OV that day, you are, you're, you're out of the game, man. Your job is window bar guy. And that's, that's a lot to be said with that. You're kind of out of the mix and there's a whole science to it. I don't want to get into it right now, but there is a science to it. And window bars are for us, right? I mean, yeah, it's obviously for the civilians, but you have to understand why and where to cut them as well as throwing portable ladders. So here, if you look, all these window bars are within an, an arm's length of a door. So don't get caught up in wasting your energy or manpower and cutting these window bars because you read somewhere that you have to take window bars because in reality, yeah, you do, but there's a flow and a method to it. And if you look here, there's really no reason to waste that energy. Definitely call your surrounding towns, and I, and I love this, is that everybody wants to go to work. Everyone wants to go to a fire. So if you see these specialty things and you're the chief or an officer or whatever it is, and you see that, call your three towns away for window bars. The fire's going to be out when they get there, but at least they're going to come, cut the window bars, get some training out of it. But this building that we're talking about, don't get focusing on these window bars because, like I said, if you look at all of them, they're right by the exit. Can you go to exposure... Um, D. Mick, absolutely, and I think that's a great. Oh my God, us. I love that what you said. That I love Mick, that you said that. Mick, I love it for uh, here, the fact of on a exposure. Fast, D. Mick, I love it for the fact of a fast team or a lit team right there. They could be throwing ground ladders and they could be taking yeah. all those bars. So here, now we're talking. I talked about cutting. Am I still there? Yep. All right, because I keep cutting out. Um, I talked about cutting windows with, with purpose or cutting window bars with purpose and flow. Throwing ground ladders is the same thing. So this is a great move for that, that probie firefighter who is not the interior structural firefighter. Didn't graduate fire one yet. Or that old guy who's just showed up late. Or maybe the engine or truck chauffeur that's, that's doing something different. Throw portals with purpose. So if you see here, there's nothing really showing on the four side or the, or the D side. Throw a portable not closest to the fire, right? Throw the one closer to the front because that's where the companies are progressively moving to. You have to think of them flowing throughout the fire, right? It's where they're going to be. So portables are for us or ground ladders are for us. It's not necessarily for the victims, right? Yeah, if you pull up an arrival and people are hanging out, yeah, it's for the victims. But ground ladders thrown with purpose are for firefighters bailing out windows. So if you can get a, a ground ladder to that front window, kind of remote from what's going on, that's where the companies are heading. Though. That's where the search team's going, to search that room eventually. If shit goes wrong over there, there's a place for them to go. Obviously... You could probably jump out this window and survive. No one wants to do that. And if you have the wrong size ladder, you see the cars parked right there? And uh, Brian Butler talks about this a lot, and a few other people are saying this. It's nothing new, but just be aware that you can throw a ground ladder on top of a car. That actually will give you that extra reach you need sometimes if you, if you do choose the wrong ladder. So that's the biggest thing, man. Like when we're, when we're rocking OV, we always try to anticipate where my engine company is going to be going or my search company is going to be going. And I always try to go ahead of them. So God forbid they, for some reason, let's be honest, man, it takes a while to run back to the truck and get another ladder. So if they're going to be in behind me or in front of me, at least they can go back to the window and they can jump out this. Exactly what you're saying, man. I 100% agree. That, that's, 
That's awesome. I like that. Now, in this window, are we doing, Darren, is this the same type of thing that the window that we're looking at right now, the left side is no smoke and the right side is smoke? Yeah. Actually, just looking at this, right, I think we might be all in agreement here. Those stairs go in the rear, probably terminator end right at right that, at that window, window. That's showing what smoke. So back to what Mickey said, um, laddering that front window, you're actually providing another means of egress. By laddering that window uh, towards the rear, if I have the options to barrel down the stairs or come out the ladder, I'm going down the stairs. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, we all, I mean, this is us sitting here in, in our rooms, hanging out, looking at a screen. It's all well and good. But maybe some of this might translate to an actual incident you guys might have in the future where you'd be like, all right, they're reporting they got stairs in the rear. I got, I got a column of smoke out the rear. I got smoke visible out that one, at that one window. I got nothing over here. Let me, let me ladder here. There's potentially just a door closing, uh, a door closed, isolating that room once again, or um, it's providing egress. If anyone does go opposite of that stair, say they're VSing from someplace else and they get onto the hallway and get turned around, they have another means of egress. If, I if that ladder towards the rear, it's really only servicing that one window and those stairs, I'd bet any amount of money, they're right there. And not only, of course, where the stairs you know, lead to, most likely not a bedroom as well. So when you're talking about VES, we have the advantage of being able to study this for a while. So we know on a fire ground split the second decisions are being made, but that's, you're more likely to catch a, a living, a, a sleeping area with that window that's more towards the front, even though, again, it could be a, a living area as well. But when those stairs culminate, it's probably going to be, uh, you're going into the kitchen, I would suspect. What? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, it's, if it's not the kitchen, it's certainly a common area, I would think, Com right? Yeah, or a common area, absolutely. Yeah. What's that one, Matt? What were you saying is the kitchen? I, I'm saying that one to the right there. Okay. Is going to be, because of the fact of where those stairs come up there, it's going to be a common area. That yeah. front window is most likely going to be, uh, again, it could that's be a good, living that's area. That's the hallway light. That's, all, that, that's what that is. That's the hallway light. You know, like when you go up to the stairs and shit, you look to the left. Oh, here's, here's my window to the outside. And then there's your common hallway and everything else. Can you go to the uh, Bravo two, uh, two side? There we go. Yeah. So this is awesome. So like, and I was talking to the top floor about this before. This is an, like kind of almost like a small L shape, which is absolutely awesome. This is like a trucker's heaven right now because what we were talking about before, I can leapfrog, I can go up there, I can do everything, I can vent the, I can vent the cockloft, I can VES, I can let command know that there's heavy uh, HVAC up top. I mean, this is hands down a dream and the one thing i want everybody else to point out real fast is that double window where nothing's pushing out of look to right to the left of that to me that's a like a, a dryer vent. that's what that is for me and, and also notice the window to the uh closer to the front side is that's a little a bathroom. smaller and set down lower yeah i, I look looking at this i think that vent's actually a stove vent at the height of it oh I think it, I, like it. I think that double window. So I think the the window pushing smoke on the second floor is a bedroom. That's the w first bedroom. Double windows are the kitchen. Then you got a living room. The small window all the way to the front's a bathroom. Yep. The L shape that's sticking out all the way to the D, to the B side. I think it's a second bedroom. 
That's my guess. I think. Yeah, you're probably right in that one. AD. See, and that and that's what I love, man. Every single time we get an AFA or anything else like that, we go around. We look at our. We look yeah. at the windows, man. And yeah. I always tell people like, why? Why are bathroom windows smaller? Because nobody wants to see your junk when you're pissing, man. So think about that. They make the windows smaller. Just keep it. Keep that in mind, man. And I, I love this stuff. The other thing with the size ups is some somebody told me in my department when you're driving up the street, look at the trees. Because now, not for, of course, not for this taxpayer and everything else, but like a complex, if you see new trees and they're not that like old, clearly it's a newer development. If you have trees that are over 100, 200 years old, these houses might have been there for a while. Like that, that, like the little things that you pick up on size ups are freaking phenomenal. And with this, the cockloffs, it looks like the ones on the Bravo side, the, on the first floor, you know, that smoke, honestly, I wouldn't be too concerned with that smoke. Am, am I the only one right now with that? The only thing I'll say about that smoke is um, it, it may be telling me that it is a common basement and the basement fire may be on that CD. Bingo. It could be pushing over. So that's, or it's, or it's not, it is partitioned off, but it's running underneath the floor joist. So, so let's talk about, let's talk about the construction though real fast. So type three, right? So we all know the type three. And this is what masonry and everything else. I don't see uh, a parapet or anything else up top. We got the the stone on the walls, so those are potential to fall off from master streams and everything else. There, there. Okay, so we do got a slight parapet. If you're looking at that photo right now to the left, you can see that's a parapet to the right and everything else. So we have a small parapet, but nothing tremendous. That's that's crazy about it. What about that chimney? Would you con do you think that chimney is the old coal for the old coal back in the day? Could be. You know, the biggest thing about if you go back to the Bravo side, biggest thing about those vents, you know, we have we have two on the first floor and we have three visible on the second floor. Those vents to me are, 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 are you know, venting a void space, right? On the top floor, we call it the cockloft. On the first floor, it could, yeah, you could also kind of call it, but it's basically a plenum area. And to me, when I see that, if I was a chief officer, you know, if someone gave me transmissions, oh, I got light smoke from the vents, that to me, it cued me to get somebody into the exposure store and start pulling ceilings. Because what yeah. I'm concerned about is, that we had extension into the ceiling area for, uh, on the first floor that's coming across and is more towards the rear. And like we, we all know, and for, for those that are watching, we can have several drop ceilings in this. Uh, so not just drop ceilings, we have several different types of ceilings on that first floor if they covered them up over the years. But to me, those vents are probably venting some type of plenum area or what we would call the cockloft area up top. And uh, I would definitely, that'd be more of a clue to me. It wouldn't be my major priority as far as like first two operations, but as a chief officer or as, it, as this incident evolves, I'm going to want to get companies into that exposure and start pulling ceiling. And that's what's one thing we really haven't talked about. We talked about secondhand line. To me, that's usually a, a second company or possibly a third new engine company, but we haven't talked about the second truck. And absolutely that second truck should be addressing that other commercial occupancy. Oh yeah, get get inside, get get to where the party wall is and everything else, open it up the whole length of the freaking structure. 
get a hose line in there to ensure that it's not running down the choices and everything else. Yeah, a hundred percent, especially with that common cock loft and everything else, at least with this, what it's looking like agreed, man. And that's, and that's when it comes down to it is when we have the manpower and we can do it. Oh my God. If you can, and that's the great thing about this structure, at least this structure, let's say it's like 40 feet deep, 50 feet deep. It's not tremendously bad, but when you have like storefronts that are, let's say a hundred feet deep to 150 feet deep with an L on it, forget about it, man. You need like three truck companies to come in there and actually start opening up. And it's, it is very intensive. And then of course this one, what will we do? We will go to the rear of the structure, start opening it up there, try to find that chase turret, find that channel and keep working our way back with the hose line. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent packs. Chris, real quick on that. Like you said, go to the rear before you do any of that though and something that gets overlooked a lot of times especially in something like this where there's not a lot showing in the exposure store where you just shoot right to the rear start pulling steel and see what you got make sure you again slow it down right slow is fast in this job on, on many levels take your hook flip it upside down get that little butt of it and just poke a hole real quick or if it's a ceiling tile just slowly move it aside and see, see if it gets charged see if it gets charged it gets charged, you're in trouble. But if uh, just just see what you got before you commit. You don't want to commit too deep into any any taxpayer or mixed occupancy um, if you don't know what's above you. It's as simple as walking into a firefight and you're getting flanked. You walk past the flank when you could have seen it before you walked past them. It, it, it's that simple. Just a quick look. If you got the hook, flip it upside down, a little poke, all right, it's good, and you go. If it's not good, then you know not to commit, and then you start the line from there. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about so construction real fast. Uh, we're, we're pretty, my department's pretty well trained with truck companies and everything else. When we get a, a fire in this type of construction, the first thing we do as soon as we walk into the front of the building or the rear of the building, where we're going, we actually punch the ceiling and look at our ceiling grids and see what we have. Do we have drop ceiling? Do we have, what kind of construction do we have? Do we have truss? Do we have, you know, any type of thing? Do you guys do that as well in your departments? Is that like one of your protocols or is it just like over the years you guys found out? 100% you're going to have to open up that ceiling uh, and either the, the rear door or the front door. Uh, as soon as you get in there, pop a hole, see how many ceilings you have. See if you can. I mean, in a perfect world, if we can see the construction, that'd be great. But most likely as you start pulling and you, you, you might have smoke up there, you might have fire, whatever it may be. If you do get a peek out of it and see it and you see something that's not ordinary, put it over the handy toy, put it over the radio, let the other guys know, say, hey, listen, we got lightweight construction here. You know, the thing is you want, as we identify potential hazards, we have to make it known because those are going to dictate everyone's decisions on the fire ground. Now, as far as me doing VIS, if I hear it's got lightweight construction, I'm still making an aggressive move to try to search that area. But as the chief officer hearing that, he's going to start looking at the time. All right, how long have we been operating for? Are we making an impact on the main body of fire? Are we knocking anything down? Or is it actually potentially getting to the structure now? And how long do I have for my guys to actually operate? And those little transmissions, you might not think it's a big deal giving out the building uh, construction, but, and other guys not, might pick up on that, but for the chief officer up front, he's gonna be definitely wanting to hear that because that's all gonna factor into our tactics. You know, we, we kind of jumped into this with a lot of momentum about where they'll bring the line. And, and, and I apologize, I, I kind of brought us that way, but let's back it up real quick and talk about our basic fundamentals here so first through truck you walk into something like this you're going to feel that heat below you with that amount of fire if it's a true cellar fire you're going to you're going to you're going to know it you're going to know it right off the bat right 
And if you do walk into something like that and it's really, really hot and you're in the front of the building, but you have a heavy fire load in the rear, um, a way, to, like a quick way to see what's going on, and not always, but especially in these these older commercial buildings, is that when you walk in, they have those display windows. Now, this is a bodega or a candy store, liquor store, but if you have more of a, a retail store, they have those boxed out windows you see, right? Where it's a display center or, or, or display area. If you open those up, a lot of times people are cheap men, so they would put the flooring just enough to there, but not cover the full length. So that's exposed to the basement. So if you walk in and it's banked down heat right away, just open those up. There's a good chance you might have heavy smoke pumping out of there or fire coming out of there. So again, you commit yourself deep into that to that store. Now fire's behind you because it's throughout the whole cellar and now burning up the front because now that's an exposed area where they didn't meet the floor when they when they did the renovations, if that makes sense. So this is this is a side note. Let's just say we had the exact same situation with this fire, and but let's say it's a basement fire. No fire showing out of the in the front where we were on the alpha side. If we went out to the rear and we were going to make a push down the stairs, one of the things we were always taught is we open up a hole in the in the as soon as we walk in the door, or we'll take the window and we reach down with our saws and we open up an exit point. So when we're pushing down the stairs, at least we have an exhaust. Do you guys Absolutely. find that you do you teach that also in the academy? I don't, we don't really – that's not an academy thing. That's just kind of a street thing. But like you're saying, the old size office – see, here's the thing. So when you're operating on the upper floors, you can always resize the building up, right? You can pause, isolate yourself, take a window, open the window, look out and say, shit, I went three windows, I went two rooms, fires out the windows there, you got a lion place there. You can always resize up the building as you're going, right? When you go into a cellar, there's no, re, there's no resizing up. You're entering the abyss. It's over. So you have to rely on your communications with the guys outside. Right, so that's something as far as the OVA, whoever gives that 360 to say there's no bill cold doors, there's no relaxes, and there's no windows. You're entering to a true oven, right? So like you said, Chris, that's a home run move. Cut that right in the window there. So if people don't understand what you're saying, is, is right in front of those, those picture windows, right? You take the windows, obviously once you have water flowing, take those windows, you there? Oh. You're good. <laughs> You never know. I'm like on the moon here. So, um, and then you cut a vent hole. So you're essentially putting a vent hole on the on the floor above and out the windows. Jeremy, go go to Alpha. Go to the front side if you can, and we'll we'll those show are, you what you're talking about. I'll tell right you guys, here. those are two great nuggets right there. Both of those are tremendous. They're right there. So those with those, those picture windows there, like Chris said, you would cut a hole right below those, right? And then you go down and you push the fire out there. It comes right there. It's, it's pretty basic stuff. Labor intensive for sure. But, um, and that's not something that you have to worry about even, even if the fire's knocked down, right? And the seal levels are through the fucking roof. You can do that move then, right? It doesn't have to worry about making the push just to get that seal out. You'll be there forever with the fans. Cut a little hole, take the window, and you're out of there. Yeah, it's an excellent move. It's usually not uh, utilized by the first or second due companies. Usually it's an additional truck or a potential special unit that comes in and they recognize that the need, all right, we need, need a better vent in, the, in that cellar. The biggest thing is before we commit that line to that cellar, especially the nozzle man, take a brief second and make sure that your guys have stretched enough line for you to make it down those stairs. The worst place to be in this situation is out of line in the, in the floor on the stairs. You can't make, you can't make the, 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 the base of the stairs and you're not getting water on the main body of your fire. Getting locked in those stairs is going to be uh, a huge negative. So you might make sure you have enough line to get to the basic test. 
get to the base of the stairs and start operating. And then back to Mickey's point, as, and they'll hear it, they'll hear the reports. As the engine gets down and they start knocking on fire and the truck, a truck company gets down, they give them assistance and they say, we got high heat, it's not lifting. We got, we got, you know, main body of fire knocked down or we got water on the fire. Um, you know, an old school officer might call for it. Hey, can you give me a vent on the first floor? And you're definitely gonna wanna put it right up against those windows in the front, not in the main walkway, not near the front door, because now you're creating a hole in the floor. You wanna create it right in front of one of those windows and it's gonna give an avenue for all the additional heat and smoke in that basement, someplace to go, up and out. And that's a, it's a great point, usually not done until a little bit into the operation, but it's something that if you're recognizing and hearing transmissions like, all right, we have water on the fire in the basement, we still have high heat, or we're getting high CO levels, or we got zero visibility, or we can't find the fire, or we can't, you know, any of those type of transmissions, start thinking about as an officer, or if your truck officer suggested to the chief, or if the chief, you know, hey, maybe we should uh, cut a little uh, vent on the first floor right by the front, front windows. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yo, Nick, hey, hey, boss man. So if I'm driving you, where are you going to tell me the position? And, okay, so here's the deal. I have a, I have a mid-mount 95 bucket. All right, so um, if we're coming in and we're – so we see the D and then the A and then the B, the D, uh, the DA corner or the AD corner has the, the wires. Um, I mean, this place really isn't um, a crazy um, problem for truck work. The only thing is that um, I think what's important here is if we are gonna worry about losing this place, then have that tower, have that mid-mount uh, position on the AB corner, but take an outside position. So try to get that outside lane instead of getting the close lane. And then that way, if we have to, we can put the bucket down on the ground and just blast the building, all right? And it's a whole lot easier, a lot more efficient. Um, you know, what's nice about the AB corner is that it does allow you to cheat um, you are going to get this uh, top window on the second floor, all right, from the B side. It's also going to get to the flat of both roofs. Um, it really doesn't support too much from the aerial on the delta side, but at least here we get access to the, the that first floor roof, and then so you know we get those windows like we talked would about. Would you would you would you can the building? So let's say we're coming from the delta to the Bravo. Would you can our truck into the street then, so I can shoot the bucket? into the street so I can actually throw, uh, throw my aerial, my, my master streams and everything else through the front door, as well as get up to the cop, to the roof, and also that little lamp. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I mean, and that's just knowing your vehicle and, and making the space work for you. Um, if it's, aerial scopes are great, you got a lot of um, you know, negative uh, swing on it. My pierce, not so good, you have to hit the sweet spot. So um, knowing your apparatus is gonna go a long way on that. I think, too, what doesn't get talked about a lot is the bedded length of your aerial. Because in this situation, right, this door, there's no cars parked out front. There should be, right? And then it's only a two-lane road. And then the opposite side of the street is probably the same for parallel parking, right? So if you pull up with a mid-mount versus a, versus a rear mount, you know, Chris, if you want to set up for what I say, you know, taxpayer firefighting, where the bucket's going to the curb and we're sweeping a storefront when this thing gets away from us, right? Yeah. You got to look at you know, when guys are specking trucks, you got to look at the bedded length of your aerial because like the Pierce mid mounts a five section, right? But you have other mid mounts that are three section and four section. So their bedded section is actually longer than maybe a five section or vice versa, right? 
So and, and yeah, and that's and that's something that like not many people picked up on, and I I personally didn't even pick on until actually uh, Nick started posting up about that stuff. It never really like connected to me. That's a that's a big it's thing. I've been... It's knowing your apparatus. It's about yeah. getting out on a drill night and actually setting up these type of scenarios, so you know where your placement needs to be well, for these situations. Pags, when we get an AFA, right? And when we get an AFA, we, uh, our main downtown street is called Front Street. So when we get an AFA on uh, Front Street. I always tell my chief, and my chief is very, like, okay with it. Hey, chief, listen, I'm taking the street. So we'll actually have the other apparatus shut down the street, and I position that I can either either get to the roof or I had to go to a storefront fire. And what, are, what other time do you have in your, in your career that you can literally go in your downtown area and say, hey, listen, I'm taking the street. Anytime you get an AFA, turn it into a training exercise, man. Absolutely. Well, it's only going to make you better for when it's actually game time. A hundred percent, bro. One other thing I'll, I'll add to that too, and, and it, it goes along with the bedded length. So obviously the further away you are from the occupancy, um, if you have a longer bedded length, um, it's going to help you. But the other thing too is when you take that outside the away position, so you either short jack on the opposite side or you, you, know, you do bracketing between the parked cars, by getting your body, uh, the, the chassis so far away, um, even on the Pierce that has that, that short amount of rotation, by getting further away as you extend, those few degrees close to the body actually translate out to a much sure. bigger rotation the further Absolutely. away you get from your vehicle. So that does help too. No, it's a good point. Very good point. You're the position guy. So I got to, I got to take that class. I haven't taken that class yet. So no, no spots left, right, Nick? No spots left. We'll I think there'll be some VIP spots, Jeremy. I don't get you it. You might know a guy. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. I doubt yo, it. Yo, I Boogie. Doubt it. So what were we talking I about? Have, I had to beg to get stickers. Sorry, Chris. I, I was oh, fortunate enough to catch him in Harrisburg last year, and it was uh, it was well worth uh, the sitting through. It's actually phenomenal. I took a lot from it, and for, that's for somebody that's not. Boogie, do you want you want to talk about the cam report? As well, the Chris, roof? I know you addressed it before, buddy. You you had said it was probably one of the first uh, questions that you posed about you know you got to the rear or or whoever it may be that gets to the rear. What are you going to report? And I think you know it goes back to. I'm not a big acronym guy, but I'd go with uh, the CAN report, conditions, action, needs, and you got to address, you know, I would say we have the window bars just so they're aware in case uh, the chief is not. Uh, say that you have fire venting out of that door that's there and you have, you know, the, the rear door leading up to the, to the uh, residence above. So real fast, by looking and, and at possibly, this truck. And then possibly getting into, you know, suggestion, I, I need a line to the rear. All right, so so you, we've all been in the game for a while, right? We've all been in the fire service for a while. I would love to hear how everybody's rear, just the Charlie side, how everybody, if you can, Jeremy, real fast, go back to the Charlie side or the three, three side, whatever you want to call it. Real fast, if I'm OV and this is my size up, what I would say is OV to command. I got bars on every single window on the rear. I have a rear entrance point with fire showing, and I have a rear entrance point up to the second floor. I'm throwing a ladder on uh, the Delta Charlie side. That that like that's what my response is because when I when I'm OV, I found out the less you say, the smarter you sound, and that's something I truly believe in. So I like to be able to at least say what I have within the first five, I would say five, no more than ten seconds. I gotta give my size up. So I would love to hear what every single one of you guys would say within ten seconds of giving a size up in the rear. Well, as far as, uh, uh, go ahead, Darren. Yeah, as far as this uh, goes, um, 
I, my transmissions is if I was an OV in this, I would try to keep them the first one very simple. I have fire on, uh, you know, on the first floor in the rear, and I also have access to the second floor in the rear. That's it. You know, the window bars are important, but it's more important to get the guys that are at the front door right now re recognizing that, all right, we do have visible fire at the rear at the first floor, and also anyone else potentially that we have access to the second floor. Then after that, I'll wait for, you know, transmission to die down a little bit, and then I put out, all right, I have window bars on the first floor as well. You know, it, you try to keep the messages short and concise. I mean, uh, some departments uh, are smaller, so there's less radio traffic. I'm from a department where we have a lot of members on scene at times. And to me, you got to pick and choose your battles. And it's very important to get out the most critical stuff first and make it short and concise, you know, and we move on from that. Chris, mine would sound very similar to yours, which is window bars along the, the throughout the rear with fire venting out a door you need a line in the rear and I'm throwing a uh, portable to that and I'm DESing off the uh, BC corner. I mean, I think we're all in common, common agreement. I mean, you know, the obstacles of the building, right? Window guards. And then of course, fire conditions right now in the beginning, when we started this whole thing, I was under the impression that where the fire was showing was actually a doorway leading downward, meaning like a basement door. Cause we kept, from day one, we were talking that this was a basement fire, but there's no other, no other indications that this is a basement fire. So I was under the impression that that fire was showing from a rear door to the basement, right? Because I figured the door to the left was going up to the second floor apartment. The door to the right, obviously, is in the exposure, right? But that door where the fire is showing, I really thought that doorway was like a couple steps down. Like you would step down two or three steps down and then into a door that took you to the rear access to the basement. Right. But looking at this building, there's no other indication that there's a basement in this place. So, in fact, it's probably Darren, am I wrong? Well, we, we, we were able to confirm that there is a basement here and, uh, you know, via talking to the owner. But, um, right, but can you tell from the four sides? No, well, uh, potentially on the Bravo side. But if we're looking at this building, the biggest thing is just if you're the OV or you're the one giving the 360, only give a transmission on what you see. Do, do not assume anything, you know? So True. You see, I agree. I agree. You see fire at the first floor level, just give that. If In your mind, you might be thinking, oh, it's at the basement level, but I can't confirm it yet. That's my assumption that it's below us. Just give it what you see. And then as conditions start dictating it more towards that, you, you could always go back and add another transmission. We need to check the basement, you know? Did anyone check the basement, you know? Aaron? And, Yes. Would you would you talk about basement access because I have that's something that's always been drilled in my head and I would come to the rear and say all right 360 is complete fire is showing and it looks like I have basement access back here just so that those truck crews coming in or whoever's whoever's going to come and do that forceful entry they get that that size up that all right the basement access is in the rear because I think a lot of times people get lost looking for basement stairs inside and if you can go from the outside and straight in you're you're good to go. Yeah, as soon as you identify, you know, you know, we're going to look at this building and usually towards these types of structures that um, the stairs are in the rear, but we need to confirm that. And once we do confirm that, we need to relay that to everyone on scene. So if you get into that back door and you recognize that in this particular situation, we have fire out that door, but say we didn't. Say you pop that rear door and you find the stairs and you find smoke coming up it, give that transmission. You know, I always say, you know, 
you know, X, Y, Z, O, V in the rear. Uh, you know, uh, we have basement stairs. I have a smoke condition. That's all you got to give. Keep it simple. You could always get back on the radio and give the next transmission. All your information does not have to be in one transmission. You don't have to have this one long drawn out message. Get out the most critical stuff first. Let them receive that. Let someone else give a transmission and already start thinking about your next transmission that you're going to give. And that could be those secondary items that you need to cover. You know, by all said and done, you're going to get two very good transmissions out in less than 30 seconds if you do it that way. As long as there's access for radio traffic, you know, um, you just got to keep that in mind and, and take a second, take a second to get your thought process together prior to giving that transmission, you know. And uh, don't scream. Yeah, well, <laughs> you always got to remain calm, but the. There he is. Did you pay your cable bill? <laughs> he was able nope, to tie the string back together. He's on mute now. He's on mute. You're on mute. I said I have this stupid Zoom code memorized at this point. <laughs> I love it. What I miss? You guys all wrapping it up now? No, we were talking about uh, giving a report from the rear. If you're the OV, what would be some of the key things that you would want to say, and how would you say it? You got 10 seconds to say. What would you say for this uh, size up in the rear? Size up in the rear. Give me the rear. Oh, oh, oh. oh. He, he, right. he, you know what he, had to, he had to go to the bar and get a couple more shots. That's all he had to do. <laughs> so, uh... I have 10 seconds to give a size up. No, just, just give us your report from the rear. Just, if, you, if you walk around to the rear and you have the OV, yeah. what are some things that you're going to want to let command know? Or what would you want to talk about? The first and foremost thing, fire's in the cellar. Because if they don't know that from the front, that's something they have to know right away. Um, when the bars, yeah, I would have given that as I made my way around on the two side. I would have seen that. Or the, the B side, I when the bars. But really, as an OV, I mean... You're already carrying the soft or something like this. So, yeah, you want to give that report for the second two people coming in. Um, but, yeah, you definitely that offset L, if you see that on the two side, as you're going to the rear, you definitely want to give that heads up that, you know, it's uh, – and you know what? A good thing, I know we're talking about this during the day, but if this is a nighttime fire, that stick's going up, and that roof man might be getting off there, and he might not see how it drops off from there. So that's a quick little thing as you come to the rear and say, yo – Whatever, ladder one OV to ladder one roof, heads up. Like, it's a setback that drops off, you know? Like, and that's something you want to get. But when you get to the rear, definitely, number one and foremost is fires in the cellar. Access to the apartments above is in the rear, because a lot of times they're on, the, they're on the two or four side. The rear usually is the basement apartment. You don't really see the rear for the upstairs apartment, um, at, least in, at least where I work. But, but uh, Mick, let me ask you, because when you, when you dropped out, I raised this point, right? The reason why I started this whole conversation an hour ago when I said I thought the fire was in the basement because I figured that doorway that's involved was actually two or steps down below the asphalt and it stepped down into a basement access, right? And you guys corrected me and said, no, it's ground level. So how do we know from this building that there's an actual basement? Now, I know you guys have knowledge outside of these four slides, but other than that, there's no indication there's a basement in this building other than people are chiming in that the, the age and construction and type of type of building obviously their storage is going to be in the basement and so on but from walking this building there's no clear indication there's a basement is there no oh. it, you know it's funny 
Did we lose Mick again? And oh. I took the photos of this building, and I didn't really, because of the time we're living in right now, I couldn't really get in and talk to anyone. It was on lockdown. But Darren and I started talking about it, and I didn't know if there was a basement because my my opinion, it was built on the slab. That's what my first indication would be. This is built on a slab. No front door, cold doors, no windows. I don't really see anything. No, you know, whatever it was. I ended up calling the owner of the building and talking to him. And he said, no, there was a basement in the building. So, so Mick, on the B side, Bravo side, aren't those two window wells, the yellow curbs? I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what they are. Right. I think they're just curb. I think they're curb stops, man. That's I'm pretty sure like. the curb stop. It looks like a curb stop. It really does look like a curb stop. Yeah. It, and it was weird. I when sized you, it up when I was there, and then that's something that would have tipped me off to it. All right. Fair enough. You no know, Kevin, Kevin on, on the chat brings up a very good point. I, I tend to might agree with him. In some of these older construction liquor stores, there's that trap door with the steep stairs or the conveyor belt that runs down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. Do. I I got that all along my front street, man. As soon as you walk in, twenty right. feet in, and then you right. make a hard left, and it's right freaking there. So well, when my, I called my, the owner, yeah, I asked him that. I asked him that. When I called the owner, I go, "What's the situation with this building?" He told me it was a a basement goes throughout, doesn't go to the front sidewalk. It dies about three quarters away. It goes from the B and the D side throughout the whole basement that way, but doesn't go front to rear. Um, and that the entrance was directly in through that rear door where the fire is. The entrance was in about four or five feet, and then it went downstairs. So the run the there stairs go. went from rear to front. And this is what made me think, and like what Darren had a good point, was we're, we're kind of – you guys hear those voices or it's in my head? No? <laughs> All right, whatever. But good. <laughs> Darren made a good point that, like, yeah, I was kind of tipped off in some of these ideas with bringing that line to the rear because I'm thinking cellar fires is – it pretty much determines where you're going to stretch or the easiest way to stretch is the run of the stairs. If it goes front to rear, it's a home run. You come right off the front and shoot down. If it's rear to front, it's a whole different game. You have to go in with a two-and-a-half, make that turn, and come down. That's really hard to do, especially under staff department, especially a lot of stock whatever else it is um so that's why i was thinking you got that big parking lot in the back as long as you communicate with everyone on the scene that you're going to make that move because it's not a common move to do i think it's a home run move something that we didn't talk about earlier maybe you missed it out when i was on the moon doing whatever the fuck i was doing up there is that two and a half is a two and a half fire right but we didn't talk about the line going upstairs that's into three quarter fire all right so don't get caught up in commercial buildings mixed occupancies anything residential above a commercial uh Storefront is going to be an inch and three quarter. You're not going to be stretching two and a half up there. All right. Oh, I absolutely agree. And and so one thing that my department does a lot, and I'm sure it's not unique at all. Um, for our long line, we're going to pull a two and a half, and we used to call it wying off. We don't wye anymore. It's just reduced off. Um, so here with that two and a half, if you brought that two and a half to the rear and somebody brought a bundle, it really does give you the option to do either. And again, the important thing is exactly what you and Darren have said all along is just make sure if you're going to commit to that basement to, to some degree, however you're going to do it, make sure you have enough line. So some of my concerns, though, right, let's talk about this. If there is, in fact, a basement, which we're all agreeing there is, and we're all saying there's a basement fire, with that type of fire load on the first floor, I'm thinking that those floor joists have probably already pulled away from the, uh, from the wall, no? 
Like we have a, there's a potential, right? Because there's, there's quite a bit of fire on the first floor extending to the second floor for a basement fire. And I'm not talking running the walls. This is more than running the walls. I mean, you have contents burning on the first floor from a basement fire, right? Extending to the second. So I have to think that that push on that first floor through the front door, you're putting your guy, you're putting the potential for a, um, a compromised floor at, at the forefront. Good point, Jeremy. And also with that is that that amount of fire coming up any cellar stairs, you're going to have to be concerned about the condition of those stairs. Oh, hell yeah. Those stairs are 120 years old. In this yeah, place. so they're probably burned away. So a heads up, yeah. it would be have, have a portable ladder ready to go. Throw it down those stairs so you can make the push if you had to. Um, and, you know, that, it's a ballsy fire, man. I don't know there's too many guys out there that would – that could make that push to me. I'm going to be honest with you. And, you know, they teach you in the academy as you go down on your belly with the nozzle, this and that. This is open that nozzle and rock and roll down the fire. That, that's the kind of fire this is. Um, definitely condition of stairs. If I was the first two officer, I'd be very concerned about committing my men without knowing the condition of those stairs. And how do you really know without starting to make a move, you know? But starting I don't think you're going to know. I don't think you're going to know the seats in the basement. I really don't. I don't think you're going to know that until it's too late, truly. Just a great design of this by by the looks of this building, right? I think when you get into that on my three sixty that we have a basement fire. I think we're, by the time the truck company starts making that push into the front store doing their search trying to locate the fire, they're gonna realize how hot it is up there. And oh hell say, yeah, absolutely. That's gonna be a, they're gonna learn real quick, but uh, by then it might be too late. Yeah, all right, let's talk about hey. All right, all everybody here is a truckie. So why don't we talk about Venice? Hold, hold on one second. Hold on. I just want to finish the thought about Darren. Darren swings both ways, by the way. Oh, Darren's talking. <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of this, this particular fire, we're gonna get a lot of our intel from that from the nozzle team, from the nozzle fireman, the backup fireman, communicating to their officer and their officer letting us know. The nozzle fireman's probably gonna be the first one out. He's gonna have his foot up. He's gonna be. Front leg up, sizing up the floor. If the floor is spongy, if this, if it's slanted, he's probably going to be the one of the first ones to know. And he's get, the first telltale sign as an officer looking at that is when he sees his nozzle man kind of back up a little bit. All of a sudden, leaning on his back leg, leaning to his backup man a little bit more, looking at the subtle cues of your, your the, the, the nozzle team itself and communication between the nozzle and backup. Nozzle, he'll, hey, this floor is slanted. Hey, this floor is spongy. Uh, I don't feel a top step on the stairs. Those subtle communications have to be relayed, and those are going to start bringing the cues when the engine officer looks at the truck off and say, hey, get one of you guys to go grab a portable ladder, you know? Um, it's on all of us to make those type of, uh, you know, picking these things up, but that nozzle man size up as he's going through and communicating within that little nozzle team, which is the nozzle fireman, the backup fireman, and the officer, the communication amongst those three are really going to dictate what's happening with the structure around them. So I just want to touch that before we moved on, Chris. So now you can go talk about what you want to talk about next. Eh, whatever you guys want to talk about. Oh, Jeremy, oh, any, you don't Jeremy, want to talk are there any questions to... out there? What was that, Mickey? Is Jeremy, are there any questions coming in about any of the so we got, It's more comments than questions, but there's a lot of agreement that they're talking about trap doors because of the age of the building to the basement, which is very common. Um, I think something, too, talking about just store layout, right? Obviously, we go back to the A side. When you make that push, 
you have a wide open floor plan, right? So this is, oh, I'm sorry. The left-hand side is the liquor store. The right-hand side that's involved is a deli and grocery. So if you, it, the door's on the right-hand side of the deli and grocery. So that tells me that when you walk in, it's a straight shot to the rear door and everything's off to the left-hand side. Your deli cases, right? Your counter, all that's going to be to the left, shelving on the right. So you're going to basically have the wall on your right-hand side the whole way through that store, right? So if you have that type of fire involvement already in a deli with the deli cases lined up and all that shit, right? Chances are it's already up through the floor like Darren's talking about. And the report, I think how important for the report from the nozzle, man, I was on a fire in a new construction home. We arrived, quick, quick story. Um, we arrived, the place was chugging. Chief comes around the corner. We're stretching the first line up to the house. And the chief says to me, all the windows are blazing hot on the left-hand side. It's got to be to the left of the house. We push in. We go to the first room on the left. We make a push. Zero visibility on the floor, pushing the nozzle through. We have fire at the floor level. As the fire is coming up at us through the floor level, we thought that it was a door leading into the next room. And we figured the room was involved in the rear on the back left of the house. And we thought the fire was coming up underneath the door. And so we swept the floor. We went to make the door. There's no door. What we found out was the floor was separating from the center joist of the home. And so that room we were in was actually failing and starting to go to the basement. And as we were making that push, we realized that it wasn't fire from the following room. It was the fact that the floor was separating from the metal I-beam that ran the distance of the home. And so the floor was failing. And as we were pushing, we realized the floor started sagging. Guy grabbed my straps. I grabbed the guys in front of me straps, we dropped that line left. And I would say within four minutes, that floor was into the basement. So the thought process here is very similar for me in that experience that I had was when you push in on a building like this with fire involvement on the first floor, that well involved, the report from the nozzle man is so important, but too often the nozzle man and even the backup man are too busy doing their job to have a report. And so they, they're you know, not you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, they're not going to be able to give a radio transmission. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, but it's the nozzle team aspect of the nozzle fireman, subtle communication to the backup man and the officer. The three of them will be able to help if, give that information out. And the if we have then, the if we have the ability to have that. Oh right, yeah. I'm going. Right? From, I mean, if you you know, if we're talking a three man engine or a four man engine company, you're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right. And and not only that, but if you look at like you know, I'll I'll pan over, just go to the D side. I mean, the length of this building's what 50, 60 feet deep. So it's only one, one and a half stretch through the building to the rear. So the nozzle man can make that door like where Rob is up in Poughkeepsie. I mean, they're riding in with four guys, two on a truck, two on the engine. There's a, it's a two man stretch and. You have a 10-foot setback from the front. So, I mean, you're 100 feet. You're already in the back parking lot, right? So when they make this stretch, the nozzle man can make that stretch by himself and start applying water and getting that fire going. The problem is, is that you're so, you know, you're so tunnel vision in on what you're doing that the conditions of the floor and the conditions around you sometimes take second seat until the conditions really present themselves to you before you realize that there's something else going on other than put water on that. Fire. And that, and that was what I, I mentioned early on is the fact that, you know, you have a two and a half line. You're, you don't have to go very far into that store. No, I agree. That's to, to be able to hit everything. Line. Absolutely. So, you know, I, again, it's, it's going to be tough. Nick hit the, uh, the nail on the head as far as getting down to that basement. That is going to yeah. be for, you know, this is a make or break job for an engineer. I'll tell you, man, this is a, this is, 
you know, the career job for an engine right here, making that basement stairs for sure. There's no place for that fire to go in that basement. There's no vent. There's no openings. Yeah. Nothing. It's coming back up that staircase. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I tell you, I think we, I think we hit pretty much. Uh, I tell you, we've we've covered a lot of this building. We really yeah. have, uh, and we hit it well. What else, guys? We've been uh, we've been going for an hour and forty five. So I'm sure people are getting sick of us. But um, any any one or two liners that you guys want to throw out about this? I mean, I just think tonight was fun. I, I just. We don't get to do this often, at least we, you know, what we do on our channel is a lot of tradition and culture. And I love sitting back with you guys tonight, just listening. Um, I picked up a bunch of tidbits. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask, I have a couple notes. And one thing I wanted to ask Mick, I wanted to ask you, brother, um, as long as your uh, internet holds up, but the difference between cellar and basement, can you hit on that for just the, just the, you know, I grew up in basements. And I don't know if it's just the terminology, but I think... Yeah, so that's kind of a gray area, to be honest with you. So we had a fire in a city by where I work. It was, um, it was a fatal fire, and it kind of changed everything for us. So now they're rewriting certain things. And um, Matt, Darren, is that already in the books? I'm not positive it's already definitely out there. It is. It is now. They're no longer using the terminology basement. Yeah. It's now selling. So, yeah, it all depends on the amount that's underneath grade. If it's 50 or more, it's cellar. If it's 50 or above, it's basement. Correct. Unfortunately, there was just too much uh, trouble, uh, I guess, determining this. So they've gone ahead and actually eliminated one. But normally, uh, Tundra, 100% correct with the fact that if you 50% above basement, anything less than that is a cellar. So now they've taken the word basement out of the books, not nationally, but locally. And it's now seller across the board for that, um, from brownstones to roll frames to H-types to all the times. You're always talking the word is seller. Basement does no longer exist in this job. Yeah. Um, that being said, anything that you may think that would be, going back with Chris, like that differentiary, that's now the ground floor. So if anything is showing above the earth, that's the ground floor, right? And then we go from there. <laughs> So the first floor is the ground floor. So we're always going to operate as the first floor is the ground floor. Getting back to what you said, Jeremy, the basement cellar, you have to watch with grade though now. So now things can get really, really confusing. Um, I know you've been going along and I'll touch on this real quick. Um, if you go to a rear of a building, so in the front, you see the first floor, right? Which is your ground floor. You get to the rear of a building and now it's on grade. So you make your way to the rear, you're the OV, like we're talking about this building. Say this building was built on a hill. You get to the rear. Well, well, now your your first floor or your ground floor is now the cellar in the rear. But when you give your transmission, you could be saying you're on the ground floor because you're standing on the ground looking at a at a floor. But in reality, from the command standpoint, on the street level, it is the cellar. So that's again going to be an issue down the road. Um, you just have to be a heads up OV and square that away, in my opinion. But and that's where it comes from, just getting out there and knowing your buildings. But um, I think I kind of talked in circles, was confusing because it is confusing. Bottom line, basement, in the books that I refer to is completely out. The word is now cellar. I personally like the word basement better because the cellar to me would be the level be below a basement. But, Again, go with, you know, that's why what they said on it's great. As long as you're all, the bottom line is to sum it up, it doesn't matter what you call it, everyone's got to be on the same page. Wherever, whatever city you work in, Everyone's going to be across the board with that. 
Local SOGs, no, your, your department needs to establish the terminology and you have to go with it and be familiar with it. And again, getting out and seeing these buildings and addressing these issues beforehand is, is going to make a difference. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, man, guys, thank you. Um, reading through the comments, there were a couple of guys here that actually ride in this district where this building is, which is pretty cool. So, um, and they, you know, they, some positive comments about like, Hey, that's in our first due and so on. So, um, they ever have a job in it? Uh, not yet. I think it's still, I think it's their uh, go-to for uh, crazy horse and uh, you know, Anyway, but what I'm going with this is very simply this. Um, I would love for each of you to just give like a 90-second, like, you know, we're wrapping up type of thing. I mean, we, we hit this pretty hard. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, we could go on and on for hours talking about different tactics, different things, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it just goes on and on because we love it and we could do it all day long. I think the important thing, Darren, maybe you can hop in first, brother, because these slides are yours. It's something that you're bringing to the fire service firefighter proving grounds, all your social media platforms. But the fact that you have these slides available um, are, is awesome because you're giving everybody a training tool at their fingertips. Um, if you go on firefighter proving grounds uh, YouTube page, not only do we have this mixed occupancy, there's a split level private dwelling and a few other buildings. So I'm sure there's a lot more coming. But Darren, if you could just give me a little takeaway from this, I'd appreciate it, man. Well, yeah, this is what, you know, basically these were designed for to, you know, if you're in the firehouse, if you're amongst the, uh, if you're in a situation where you're not sure what you guys want to drill on, you could pull these up, start a little round table discussion on your own, and you don't have to go all over the building and talk about every position each time. You can just talk about engine tactics once, you can talk about truck tactics once. It just gives you a visual aid to help the process. And the biggest thing is you want to do it to what your area is, your SOPs, your SOGs. Uh, we just talked about basement and cellar. We just, that, that just came up. Uh, you know, I challenge anyone out there, if you do not know what your department really calls it, do some homework this week and start a drill. Hey, if we get a fire in a basement, are we calling it a basement? Are we calling it a cellar? What, what do we call it? What happens if it's one level below that? How are we going to call it? If you're not sure, go out. And, and, and read up on it or talk to the officers and talk to senior guys in your firehouse and get on the same page. That's the biggest thing. But like I said, there's a lot more of these coming out uh, down the road. They're free to use. You can use them anytime you want. I encourage you guys to use them more. Um, I know I get messages daily on how can we make them. I, I, it's a process to make them. There are other apps out there um, and computer software. I don't even know the names of them. I know they're out there. I'm sure some of you guys might have utilized them or not. If you did, you could say the names. It's not like I'm trying to hide any secrets here, but it's just hard to, to uh, how we make them. It's hard to make them. They're done through like three different apps for, for the most part to get the final product. Uh, down the road, we're gonna try to incorporate more of the followers buildings. I would like to get buildings from all across the country up on there. I got um, the next one. I mean, I got a guy from Australia that reached out to me and asked me if we, I can make a building for him. I said, no problem. I'll do it for free. And the, uh, I'm kind of curious to see what kind of construction they have down there. I, I mean, I wonder how we will handle it, but uh, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's definitely in its beginning stages. Um, and it's, it is New York City heavy because, you know, that's where we're from, but it's going to be spreading out through other major cities. But, awesome. Well, we truly appreciate the use of it and the fact that you put it out there for everybody to use is just making the business better. So I thank you, man. And thanks for hopping in tonight. No, no problem. Cool. 
Mr. Uh, Sorrentino, what do you got for me, pal? You were quite vocal tonight. What do you got? Yo, I'm just, I'm just honestly honest Yo. to be here, man. I'm on. Oh, I'm, am I muted? No, I'm not. No, muted. you're good. We can all hear all you. Right. Trust me. I'm uh, honestly, man. I'm just honored to be here. The fact that uh, I was talking to Top Floor Tactics yesterday. Actually, I was on the phone phone with him for about an hour. Hands down, like this social media shit has made my life so much better. Like I met, I met you, Jeremy. I met every single one in this group. Everybody we're talking to right now. And not only does this place make me a better fireman, it makes me a better human. And that's to me what, it, what it's all about. I anybody can be a fireman, but to be a good human being, that's what it's all about, man. And the other day we took firefighter proven grounds videos and we literally put them up on a projector and we showed up, showed it to our guys and we did different scenarios every single time. And we made somebody give us a different scenario, a different tactic. Were they wrong? No, not at all. But it was freaking awesome. The, the fact that we were able to reach so many people by doing this and hands down, man, I cannot thank you enough for bringing us together. Hopefully we do more, but honestly, I'm just shocked that you guys even allowed me to be here. So, yeah, we I'm are happy. too. We're we're kind of we're all scratching our heads on that one, Chris. But uh, also, also, we're gonna start a GoFundMe page for Top Floor Tactics for oh, yeah. uh, an iPad. We're hopefully everybody, <laughs> hopefully everybody can help us out. We need. We're to get certainly announcing that at the end, no doubt, no doubt. So anyway, Chris, thanks, man. Thanks for being here, pal. I love you guys, man. Good words, um, Nick. Ta uh, truck tactics, my my Bridgeport man. You um, you've been putting out some great stuff, brother. Thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate uh, appreciate you taking a couple hours out of your day to uh, sit with us. So, what are some last words, man? I appreciate being here. I really do. Um, I'm honored. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, the great thing about this is that, um, especially in the the lockdown that some fire departments are in, we can't go out. Uh, this is a great opportunity uh, to really have folks kind of sit around at a distance, talk about stuff, um, and specifically do it for their own fire department. All firefighting is local. So, you know, something that you hear, heard here tonight might actually help you out a whole lot more than you thought, or maybe something didn't necessarily apply. But either way, it's important to have those conversations and open your eyes. And, and it's just really good to just constantly, it's okay to talk about fire, you know, and that's just the big, big thing of it. The more we talk about it, uh, the more natural it'll it'll become, and 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 it'll be you know easier when we have to go and do it. So it's just a a lot of fun, and I'm I'm really honored to be a part of the process here. So I appreciate the invite, and maybe some of my sticker sales, I'll I'll help to to fund that iPad for for Mick because uh, he breaks my chops. So iPad. So for that him. thing that thing's Mickey gonna be stickers. free, and it's gonna be, you know how many people just us alone are gonna buy it because we're sick and tired of this. <laughs> yeah, tired of the it. iPad for Mick is a, the next sticker, I think. Yeah. <laughs> thought it was, it was, we're working on the onion and kinks but that's a whole nother story i think we buy it for him but we make sure it's pink i forgot yeah, well, right, man. i thought it was gonna be that firefighter proving ground green you know that neon yeah green. i told him uh, mickey i said i'll buy you an ipad but every time you use it you got to give me a plug that's Just right i think that works <laughs> i'm in mr paglione <laughs> Uh, that's my father, but I guess it's my turn to talk. First off, no, I was asking about Mr. Paglione. Oh, <laughs> listen, he's probably, he's already texted me three times complimenting what Mick said. He doesn't care about his son like usual. That's, so I no joke. That's what I was just going to bring up is the fact that he loves everyone else more than you. Uh, first, I would like to announce I, I did get uh, a stimulus check somehow. So uh, I'm going to donate to the uh, the Mick 
get an iPad fund. Uh, we're really going to make this happen for next time. But no, we are. Just to, to, to reiterate what everybody else is saying, absolutely honored to be a part of this. Uh, I know I always try to pass along um, some, some continuing education afterwards. You know, there's been some, some line of duty deaths um, throughout the years with basement fires. Talk about Clark, it. Clark and, you know, in a, in a similar situation to this, uh, Car Pluck and Riley in the Bronx, uh, Buffalo uh, experienced uh, the line of duty death of uh, two guys in a very uh, similar store uh, to this setup. Uh, Nance in Columbus, Ohio. These are all readily available online. Uh, reports uh, honor these men by reading that information, reading these reports, and uh, educate yourself during the quarantine because what else do we have to do other than that? And um, as Chris just said, and the drink. So cheers, boys. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. And I, I do care about each and every one of you. This internet thing uh, is, is really, uh, has been a blessing and it's definitely recharged my batteries. So uh, I got something to add real quick, Jeremy. Do it. Uh, I actually had an idea down the road I would like to make one of these up and not show it to any of these guys prior. It goes live and they get to see it for the first time like everybody else does. And part of that, yeah. Yeah, so it's the way a lot of our, you know, game work. It'd be more realistic, um, you know, as far as our initial impressions go and our, our bouncing of ideas amongst each other will probably be inspired more because you guys will, I'll be out of the mix of it, but you guys will be f feeding off of each other as you're seeing this building for the first time. So I think that is definitely an avenue. And the other thing too is there was so much to talk to talk about tonight. We should have done this as a truck-based one and an engine-based one because we barely touched the roof. You know, we, there was a lot more to cover, but you know what? We leave that out to you guys here watching. We left a lot of things uncovered you guys should, whoever watches this tonight, watches it over the next couple of days, fill in the blanks where we left off, drill on the roof, talk about the natural openings, talk about different things that we didn't cover, and uh, learn from it. So those Yo, are but so nobody cares about engine work. You already know that, Darren. Yeah, but uh, I just want to thank Darren for taking my spiel at the end of this whole thing. I appreciate it, man. I'm going to sign out. You got this covered? Like, I'm out of here. That was good. No, but you, get, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. And, you know... The, the fact is, is just to be able to have this conversation means the world. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that took time out of their life tonight to sit here to listen to us ramble on about it. And that means they're into it, right? And, um, and the fact that it will be up on YouTube for more people to listen and follow and so on, I just think it's a great opportunity. And right, wrong, or indifferent, what we're doing here tonight, it's a good thing, man. We're just talking about the job, and it's okay to be into the job, and it's okay to talk about tactics and how we will do it and want to do it and where we should do it. So I appreciate all of you being here. Mick, you're going to close this out, pal. So as long oh, as wow. you got five Ooh. bars right now. What's that? You got five bars on your uh, – your... No. It keeps saying unstable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So, you so just... <laughs> Jeremy, thanks again for this. Darren, for doing all this and all the gentlemen here tonight. But um, you just hit on it right there was uh, – it's okay to talk about tactics. What else is there to talk about? A lot of fluff on Instagram and, and Facebook out there today, which is cool. People like the fluff. Not too many guys like this. But I want to associate with guys that like this because this is who I am, tactics side of it. 
Um, how do you not like this? If you're a football fan, right? Baseball fan, how do you not, and, and, and also a fireman, how do you not be into this? Talk about like who's going where. It, like, it all breaks down to sports. It's, it's a sporting event. How do you not be into this? And for anyone to say this is like buffy or cheesy, you're, you're fucking missing the fucking game, man, man. This is what it's about. So let, real quick to go over what we talked about tonight. We went over a ton of stuff in this building, um, which was good. We almost went over too much, I think, like, like Darren was saying. But uh, my take on it is, is that patience will make or break any fire and make or break your career. So a job like this, when you pull up and if you have patience, you don't have to have 20, 30, 40 years on the job to have patience. You can have two days on the job and have patience, but slow is fast in this job. So when you pull up, what was showing on arrival for this building, like we all saw it, not a lot going on, but that column you saw four blocks away, when you looked out and you got the adrenaline and said, shit, we're going to work. And you pull up and you see that something's not right. Something is not right about that fire. And that should tell you right off the bat, it's not right. You pull up, there's no smoke in the street, right? So with that, patience. I want the nozzle man on the back step, always. You step up onto that step and you hold that hose. If it's a Matty Bale on the side or a pre-connect, whatever you call it, get up there and hold it. Have some pride in that. But don't commit that line until your officer tells you where to go. Getting to the rear, get to the rear, and that's going to tell you something right there. You have fire from the top of the door to the bottom of the door. You have a cellar fire because the front, you had nothing showing. So it's either completely partitioned, right? Or it's a cellar fire because if that was open, that entire floor would be completely fully involved. On arrival, you would have fire front to floor on arrival. You don't. Something's wrong. This is a fire that will kill firemen in a stupid mixed occupancy ghetto ass liquor store with some fucking skell living upstairs, firemen die. Slow down, take a look at it, take it in, move with the purpose, operate with the purpose, and that's it. Um, that's all I have to say about that, I guess. Um, I think we covered way too much tonight, right. but I think it was good to get it out there. Right. And uh, again, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, don't thank me. Thank you guys for taking the time out to do this. Um, Robert. Yes. Before, I guess you went out on a run earlier, but um, you got something for me? Yeah. I mean, coming from a small department with not a lot of manpower, I appreciate the conversation because as somebody who may get tasked with being the incident commander, if a chief doesn't show up, I can direct the mutual aid resources that are going to be coming in in that staggered time frame. Like my next engine may be five minutes out, my next truck may be seven minutes out. So if I'm committing guys to make that push down the basement or whatever it may be, the, having the conversation here tonight gives me the game plan to visualize in my head, like, all right, this is what I'm going to have people do as they come in. And I think that's great. And then looking at the building, I just go back to Sean Egan taking me to Buffalo uh, to, sh to the site. And, you know, when we, this popped up, it actually took me right back there. And I, you know, I pulled the NIOSH report out and, and went over the notes I had from Sean. So it was just a good, benefit to do this today and uh you know don't ever want to forget the two brothers that we lost up there so thanks it was great guys this is awesome yeah i just uh just to sum it up i mean darren hit it before but i'm gonna just reiterate it you know and i like tonight just kind of recharges the batteries man i mean what what we could bring tonight um 
anybody can do. And, you know, through what Darren offers on YouTube where there's slides and then being able to, and, uh, you know, I've been talking about it lately, how I'm selfish. I'm selfish that with National Fire Radio, I'm able to surround myself with awesome people. Um, you know, over two years ago, I wouldn't have known any of you. And tonight, here we sit talking shop with some rock stars that I consider good friends. And, uh, and I appreciate all of it. <clears throat> so, and the fact that people are willing to chime in tonight and, and leave comments and check out what we're doing. I mean, that's what this is all about. And like Mick said, who doesn't want to talk shop? So I appreciate this. I appreciate all of it. Um, I think what we're doing here is a good thing and we're going to be doing more of it. Our actual next uh, tactical roundtable will be May 4th. Sorry, gentlemen, I'm giving you the night off. We're bringing in a new crew. Um, sorry, Chris. Yeah, you might have, you'll have to find something else. I know. But uh, no, but I, but you know, I just want to say that I think the, the possibility of technology and with the whole COVID thing, it forced us to find other ways to communicate and get the good word out. Um, and I think that's important. And it also made me grow this mustache. So uh, I'm looking forward to the end of it, looking forward to moving on. Uh, but in the meantime, this has been a fantastic way and it forced us to find other ways to put good content out. And tonight's good content. The fact that we had slides of four sides of a building that we could talk shop about, it's a home run. So I thank all of you guys for taking time out tonight. I thank everybody that uh, tuned in through our YouTube live. Um, I thank all of you for uh, your valued insight and, and questions and comments on the chat. And uh, frankly, this is what it's all about, man, making the job better. And if we don't, we're going to lose. So I thank all of you for being here tonight. And uh, thank you for everybody tuning in. Have a good night. And we'll see you on May 4th for the next live tactical roundtable. Take care, everyone.